to our listeners. We're on our seventh episode now, and we are loving every second of meeting new people and learning about multilingualism. We will have, a, we have another exciting guest for you today, Dr. Francesca Lamorgia. Uh, hi, Francesca. Um, I found your company on Twitter, and I'm loving the work you're doing at Mother Tongues in Ireland. Can you tell our listeners a bit about yourself and the work you do? Hi, um, thank you for having me today. Um, I'm Francesca. I'm the director of Mother Tongues. Um, I suppose it all started because um, I was a researcher in the field of multilingualism, specifically child language development. I was really interested in uh, the development of language in small children, so at the early stages, uh, two, three, four-year-olds, and just really looking at what makes a difference when it, during that early phase of language development. And what I found was that there was a lot of misinformation, especially among parents. There were many, many concerns, of course, especially from parents who had been raised monolingual, and they were finding that their children were living a very different life to what they themselves had lived when they were younger. Um, there were also uh, mixed kinds of advice coming from professionals, for example, speech and language therapists or um, early years educators, some being really, really enthusiastic, but some saying, well, are you sure that three languages is not too much? So that's what kind of invited me to kind of think, is there a way to uh, take the academic knowledge that I have and bring it to the general public? And that's how Mother Tongue started in 2017. Wow, that's fantastic. What a journey you've been on. Um, so what else have you been up to on the way? How, how else have you developed uh, Mother Tongues? Yeah, so at the beginning, quite a lot um, of the work involved talking to parents. Um, and it's still something that we do very regularly. We collaborate with local libraries, for example, and we organize talks there. Obviously, now many of these talks are webinars because of the world we're living in. Uh, okay, yeah. But uh, before there would have been uh, physical uh, group sessions with parents and they, they were hosted by uh, community groups, by local libraries, sometimes by offices that had a very high number of employees from different countries. Um, obviously, with the, the parents to me are really, really important because they play such a huge role in the children's development in the early years. But obviously, it's really also valuable to share the message with everybody who's playing a role in the child's life in those years. And that's why then we started to develop training for early years, uh, educators, family centers, and every other uh, kind of family support that is um, available in Ireland. Of course, we, as she also say, we're based in Dublin. And most of our work has always been in Dublin City. Uh, since the pandemic, things obviously have changed. So a lot of our webinars and our members are scattered uh, all over um, Ireland, but also they live outside of Ireland uh, because all the access to our webinars, the access to our articles and our membership and materials are all now online. Um, but in a way, we continue to, to work now that we're maybe feeling that we might be getting out of the very difficult months we're seeing that um, there's still a strong interest from the parents, from the teachers. And something that we really strongly work on is also the arts, to share the, uh, our message or share our methodologies uh, through the arts. So one of our programs, that is our key program, 
is not a, pro a training program as such, because what I've described is more kind of courses and engagement in, the, in a more formal way. But our key uh, children's program is called Language Explorers. And we bring multilingual experiences to the classroom and to the early years, uh, early years group. And so the whole idea there is that um, we deliver sessions with artists that are multilingual, where everybody shares their language, where everybody can sing songs, dance and play games in their mother tongue. Oh, amazing. So it's like a real celebration in all those classrooms. Absolutely. Oh, fantastic. Um, talking of celebrations, um, on the 21st of February, it's International Mother Language Day. Um, can you tell us a bit about what International Mother Language Day is? Well, originally, um, it was a, um, well, it started off uh, over uh, a controversy over uh, languages in India. But UNESCO picked up um, on, on the importance of language as a key element of our identity, of our not only national identity, but also our identity as citizens, and also as something that is at risk. Because uh, where, especially in countries where a majority language, a colonizer language takes over, many minority languages are dying, and they're dying at a very fast rate as well. So I suppose when we celebrate International Mother Language Day, we use the UNESCO date, which is 21st of uh, or we do it on the UNESCO date, the 21st of February. And on that day, people all over the world celebrate mother tongues or they celebrate multilingualism uh, in their own way. Some do it in artistic ways, some people organize conferences, but it's a real way to raise awareness of the fact, not only that linguistic diversity is important for all societies, uh, for the preservation of heritage, for just simply the fact that every language carries with itself knowledge and it carries with itself a huge amount of cultural knowledge that cannot be translated in any language. But also because um, in, in some countries, like it, it's obviously important to raise the, the, the awareness of the fact that when children learn in the language they know best, they're more likely to learn more successfully. So in a lot of countries, children are taught through a language that is not their mother tongue, and that can have a negative effect on their learning experience. And we also really strongly believe in that, that in that what children should be allowed to think, to learn, to experience their mother tongue, uh, as well as other languages. Yes, yeah, so you sort of um, believe in like translanguaging, so like alongside, using their mother tongue alongside the new language. Well, in the Irish context, it's quite interesting because, say, even in the primary years, children are learning Irish alongside English. And wow, we okay. do really strongly believe that uh, Irish can benefit or the learning of Irish can benefit if we reflect on languages in a more open-minded way. That is not just a language that we're learning by learning a phrase, but it's a lot more than that. And children can be, you know, they can have a lot of fun with Irish but it can also have a lot of fun with Chinese and uh, Urdu or Dari and all the other languages they have in the classroom. And I think for the children, it's really important to see not only from the linguistic point, value of translanguaging, but for the ethical value of understanding that we are different and that we speak different languages and that this is the world we live in. 
yeah, that must have a huge impact on those children, those classrooms that you're visiting. Yeah, you, you can hear, actually, we have um, collaborated with uh, RTE Radio, um, RTE Junior Radio, which is a radio in Ireland for children. And they're going now into the classroom to record some of these sessions. And you can hear the teachers reflecting on the experience. You can hear the children as well, actually, which is really fascinating. And they, when they live multilingualism and it's really experienced in the classroom so their languages are not excluded from the classroom you just hear even in the podcast which is really short you can hear the children getting for them it's like of course we learn from each other it's important to learn from each other and they say well of course i love speaking my language and teaching it to my friends so and i love learning my friend's language because maybe someday i want to go visit their country so their mind is already in that kind of space where they're like I value what you have it's not just something different it's something that I might need if I want to go visit Afghanistan and the children have so many ideas about places that they might want to go and see uh, it's amazing oh yeah that is amazing do you feel do you find that teachers are sometimes a bit apprehensive beforehand but then they they see the value in it afterwards I definitely think that there can be some apprehension more so around uh, how this meets the learning uh, needs or how does it meet, uh, I don't know, the learning outcomes of a session, for example. So we have lesson plans, we have things that we can show teachers in advance, we have videos, uh, there's plenty of research out there. We've put together a toolkit this year for teachers to actually start their journey on their own and uh, look at obviously listen to podcasts, looking at resources, uh, downloading lesson plans. We have plenty on that toolkit and it's on our website. And I think once teachers do it, they will, they love it. So it's never, it, it, it's a journey where you never come back, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, that's a lovely way of putting it. Um, I think that's definitely true. And once you've tried it, you, like you say, you never, you'll never turn back. And the children don't either, because once we do... Um, once we say, well, think about making this geography project in three languages instead of one or instead of two, then children naturally will ask again, okay, can we do the next one also in three languages? So they also take initiative and they, they, they become more autonomous in their choices of how they want to use their languages. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they just run with it, don't they? I'm guessing. Mm. Um, Thinking about Mother Language Day again, is there a theme this year that people um, are following? Right. In the, the UNESCO theme is very much linked to education and technology this year. So if you actually go and visit the website of um, uh, UNESCO, International Mother Language Day, uh, every year they host a conference. And I believe this year will also be online. Um, so their, um, their focus is on developing education education and you know um, and learning skills associated with technology uh, in ireland we decided to pick a team ourselves as mother tongues and to share this team with everybody who wants to come on our journey and i would be very open to anybody anywhere in the world of course to to join us and we picked the theme of the language garden so we use an hashtag which is called our language garden and we picked this theme because uh, we really believe that languages are like plants or flowers, especially in children. They need nurturing and everybody needs to play their role and play their part 
And once we can foster multilingualism, we're building a beautiful, multicolored and very diverse garden, which we enjoy more for the fact that it's so diverse. Uh, and that's why we picked this theme. We put together a toolkit that anybody can download if they want to follow uh, the, uh, this theme on the day and on the weeks leading up to it. And we've been sharing examples of good practice even around the world uh, on our Twitter page using that hashtag so that people can get inspired and kind of see what's happening in other schools or in other settings. Oh, fantastic. I'll put that link um, in the podcast as well so that other people can find it um, and in the blog afterwards. That, that'd be really good. Um, so we love to celebrate cultural diversity here at Twinkly AL. And I know that you've got your own celebration of Mother Tongues Festival. So that sort of runs alongside um, Mother Language Day. When did that start and what's your journey been um, to get here? Yeah, that's a, um, <laughs> that's our crazy event of the year, I should say, uh, in a good way, if that's possible, um, because we, we started off really focused on education and on really working closely with parents. And the initial motivation for the festival was always with the children in mind, because we realized that children often see their home language or heritage language as the language that only my parents speak or language that I can only use at home. So the limitations are there because children in Ireland don't get to experience their languages, their heritage languages outside a very, very limited place and limited time. So we thought, okay, a festival is the best way not only to um, just be every, bring everybody together under one roof, which to me is extremely important because I think children also need to see that there are a lot of other bilingual children out there, especially if there's only a few in their class or in their school and they feel that they're different. Well, when they come to the festival, they see that the majority of children are bilingual and we know that already from our research. Um, um, one in five now, is it, Francesca? Say it again? Is it one in five now in Ireland? bilingual yeah we looked at some statistics from the latest census and just by looking at um, the nationality of the parents and other figures that we could capture uh, we do believe that one in five children in Ireland have the potential to become bilingual if the parents are going to pursue this journey yeah. so that's why it's really important uh, that parents have a key role to play at the start but as well with the festival, we want to say that everyone in society has a really key role to play. And with the arts, we feel that these experiences can be a lot more accessible. The children start to see that their language is also fun. It's not only, you know, sometimes children associate Polish maybe to the Saturday school that they have to go to at the weekend. And some children might feel that that's a burden or that's an extra day of school, for example. Uh, obviously, most children I know love it, but at the same time, I think for them to experience the arts in their own mother tongue, so to be able to go to a concert, to go to a workshop and see a real role model, like an artist, a singer, a rapper who speaks their language, is really, really powerful as well. So the festival is really growing every year. Uh, it's been growing since 2018, and it's funded by the Arts Council and by the local authority. Oh, fantastic. And so we can have a really rich program and we can involve many different artists from lots of different language backgrounds. 
Oh, brilliant. And have you had that um, sort of in person as well as online? We've only had one online festival, thankfully, because okay. for us, it's really important that we come together. Uh, and of course, last year was a bit unusual and hard for everybody. But this year on the 21st, we have our launch and the, our big day is the 26th of February. And we're all going back in person in, and there'll be lots of different drop-in events from dance to music, theater in Farsi, in Yoruba, uh, Mandarin Chinese, uh, you name it. Oh, wow. Is that in Dublin? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Um, so you've covered a lot um, today, but how can, do you think we can encourage and celebrate multilingualism sort of in the classroom to educators that might be listening? I think it's, um, it, it's a mindset. I think it's not a lesson plan. That's the way I see it. Having worked in education as well, teachers are extremely busy and they do fantastic work. And I would be very... Uh, I would be against sharing the idea that to embrace multilingualism, you have to change completely what you do or design a new curriculum. The best way to look at it is to start off by looking at what are the languages spoken in your classroom. And you can slowly start, and again, it ranges from ages to ages. So if you have a younger uh, group of children, the four and the five-year-olds, it really starts there with them opening up and talking about what language they can speak and opening to the conversation to the parents and saying, our classroom values your language. And if you would like to bring a story in your language on reading day, you can do that and we, you can read it in front of the classroom. Uh, every now and again, you might decide that your uh, geography project or science project uh, if you think it's appropriate, of course, you know exactly the right time of the year uh, when these things happen and just kind of involve maybe parents in making this display of rivers of the world uh, or rivers of England uh, make it multilingual. And you'll find that a lot of that terminology is quite similar across languages, especially scientific terminology. And children really enjoy seeing those similarities and kind of go, is that how you say it? Oh, that's, that's what it sounds like in my language. So actually, I think it's not about changing practice. It's about slightly adapting to think every time you plan something, ask yourself the question, could this be done in more than one language? And embedding that into the day-to-day -day rather than in the yearly celebration. Because I feel there is a really incredible value in celebrations like International Mother Language Day, in something like our festival, in a lot of schools have their own international days. These are fantastic opportunities to have conversations about diversity. But I also feel that to really build to that day and to continue from that day, there needs to be a slight shift in how we use different languages on our regular, in our regular practice. Yeah, I think that's so true. And that can work from, like you say, from nursery. And that's where it starts all the way through to, you know, college and university age. Absolutely. Yeah. And don't forget that the parents often uh, don't think this way themselves because uh, we come across a lot of parents 
when we say, okay, you can do your homework bilingually. So write a story about your weekend, both in English and in, I don't know, Swahili. And the parents will come and go, what's the purpose of this? Because they would think, well, maybe the priority here is for my children to learn English. They don't need to learn Swahili. And you as a teacher also need to be prepared to answer the question and focus on the fact that a strong development of English is also based on strong development of the other language. So the two languages support each other. And where children, when children are observing differences in sounds, in phonics, of course, in spelling, they are doing what we need them to do in order to develop their basic literacy skills. So actually, it's not only an emotional development piece, it's also a literacy and education outcomes piece. So I think that's why I'd say if teachers want to download the toolkit, which is free on our website, there's a lot of research out there and it's all based on the European Centre for Modern Languages. So it's something that we did together with them. Uh, and there's huge amounts of resources that also give you the information that you need in case someone comes and says, why are you doing what you're doing? Which I think is also challenging for teachers sometimes. Definitely. Uh, can you give us that website, uh, Francesca, that people can um, visit? Yeah. So our website is mothertongues.ie. And we have a tab that is specific to education. And under that, you can read about the language explorers. You can watch videos from our classroom workshops and download our resources. We also have a community of practice um, of all people related to family and education, especially for the early years. Um, and anybody is welcome to join. Uh, these are webinars that happen every few weeks, but also we have videos that we've developed that go with these webinars. So all our videos are on our YouTube channel and we've invited experts to talk about the challenges, but also the value of teaching multilingual children and engaging with parents. Oh, thank you so much. I'm sure um, our listeners will love to um, have a look through your website and there is so much out there and there's so much on your website that you can um you can look at they can spend ages um downloading things definitely uh, well thank you so much francesca for speaking to us today um really look forward to seeing what your festival um looks like when it happens and celebrating international uh, mother language day too thank you and i hope you can make it to the festival at some point when all this is over <laughs> oh that'd be fantastic i'd love to i've never been to ireland you know francesca never been there you go. There's an excuse. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Um, thanks. Thank you. This podcast was brought to you by Helen Bodell from Twinkle EAL. We have over 650,000 resources and you can find all of our EAL resources at www.twinkle.co.uk. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and Pinterest by searching Twinkle EAL.